What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had another great week in golf, the Honda Classic. It's it's done. The The week fields are gone, and we're back to elevated events. We got all the best coming in this week, but what did you think of the week? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I think any golf week is going to be awesome for me, regardless of how it turns out, because that's just me. Shout out to Chris Kirk for winning. Um, you know, he took a battle. I don't know if everybody knows he took a battle from golf for a long time with alcohol addiction yep. and depression. He's a tour champion, smooth swinging. Um, this is one of those events that it really catapulted or term who your four five and six guys are going to be in your lineup in some of these elevated events. Yep. So they're important to watch, but you know, it was, it was an interesting week to say the least. Yeah. It's kind of wild. When you look into Chris Kirk a little bit and you realize he's got five wins now on tour. Um, so he's done a pretty good job of it, but this is his first win in, I want to say, six years. And again, I think six years ago, he was not sober. Uh, so he spent a little bit of time kind of working through all that, but it was great for him. It, it was unfortunate to see Eric Cole kind of kind of lose the way he did. It would have been great to see somebody ranked 335th in the world uh, win the Honda Classic. That kind of would have been wild. Uh, but he's not he's not a rookie he's kind of been running no he's a rookie well he's a rookie in the sense that that he's rookie on tour but he's done so many of the mini tours and things like that i mean he's not 22 he's been here 10 12 years he's 34 35 now 34 year old rookie all that matters is that rookie status once you make it to the pga tour you get one season to be a rookie um just like kind of like ryan fox and taylor montgomery they might play some of these sponsor exemptions or get a major exemption from being international wins or whatnot. This is his rookie year and he's making a great showing. And I think I saw a stat that was in the past, like 16 starts that he had in majors or um, events. He made like 600,000. And then this week he made like 987. Yeah. It was wild. He made more than he made in his last like 15, 16 starts. That was the same one I saw. I, I saw some wild people, on Twitter again, Twitter is a cesspool in and of itself, but they were talking about his mom on Twitter, and that was just like, yeah, exactly. It was it was way across the board. People like we gotta get better about like not giving a crap about moms doing interviews on. Well, on serious Twitter. question: Was she good looking? Oh yeah, why do you think they were talking about her on Twitter? Say less. <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> you think they're doing that for nothing? No, uh, she's she was very easy on the eyes, but like it was the Shout same way. Eric Cole's mom. <laughs> it was the same way with uh, Sam Ryder when when his mom was like doing the interview and everybody was talking about that on on social media. It was just kind of a lot. Um, so that was weird. Like, let's just stick to Eric Eric Cole the golfer, please. Uh, in terms of outside of those two, the the top ten was kind of all over the place. I mean, Adrian Moronk was up there. I didn't have any of them. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, normally shout Jack's out guy. Adrian Moronk. <laughs> uh, Shane Lowry ended up up there. He was all across the board. And then on Sunday, he kind of made a nice little push to get into the top ten. Um, but it was a lot of kind of unknown names. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like Tyler Duncan was another one that kind of stuck out to me. But I, how about Ryan Gerard? Well, Monday qualifier. Great for him. He, he he made a Monday qualifier to qualify for the Honda, for the Honda, and then decided he was going to ball out and make, get a top ten. Listen, I am as golf nerd as you can get. I was watching the Darius Rucker College Invitational today, which highly recommend. It's going to be on tomorrow. Nice. I have no idea who Ryan Girard is, but I'm officially a fan now. Um, so I'll be looking out and getting a little know more about him. But again, these are the weeks that you take a look at where guys that we talked about, Justin Suh coming out top five finish. 
Dylan Wu talking about come week, a couple weeks ago, top 10 finish. Brandon Wu, top 15. Adrian Bronx sucks when I pick him, comes back and dominates. Um, you know, Byung Hun on a couple weeks ago, Robbie Shelton, Ben Griffin. A lot of these guys that we talked about five, six, seven weeks ago, even a couple weeks ago, that just continue to bring their names up and up and up. This is what you'll get um, recognition for. And especially we get into more elevated fields when um, Shane Lowry goes from 11,000 to 7,000. That yeah. could be your fifth guy or any, any sense and make those uh, lineups count. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to Justin Sa, who couldn't make a putt at all on Sunday. He was in it and he just decided he was not going to uh, just not going to have a putter at all, which was extremely unfortunate. But, uh, Jack, there were a few names that were also a little disappointing kind of on oh, leaderboards. Oh, yeah, what a hot topic, yeah. <laughs> um, let's just go ahead. Uh, my number one guy, um, Denny McCarthy, who is arguably, in my opinion, a, and I'm sure you agree, a top 10 putter in the PGA Tour in the last couple of years? Yeah, yeah, that's a top safe. Top 10, that's 15? A, that's a safe bet. I think top 10, top 15 is pretty safe, in all honesty. I, I, if you would have told me he was playing with a baseball bat, I would have believed you in round one. Um, Thomas Dietrich had an illness and withdrew. That killed me because I think he had two triples on the front nine. Yeah. So my points were like in the negative there. Um, it was just not a hot start for the lineups. Um, Aaron Rye, who is the number one in terms of green and regulation, yep. I think he hit like four. Nick Hardy missed. Harris English. Grayson Sig missed Satoshi Kodaira, Iron Legacy, Aaron Baddeley. Uh, it's, it's just a lot of big names. It's weird. If you remember last week, the start when we were getting into Honda, I said, "Hey, be advised: nine out of the eleven guys that make up the leaderboard are going to be under seventy five hundred because that's how it's been not, like so many of the last." years in this tournament it's always crazy so again you had a couple of big names up front i guess you can call chris kirk kind of a big name if you really want to get fancy especially this field. In, in this field he was technically a big name so like him and shane lowry were were, were probably the two stuck out if you want to throw in adrian moronk you can throw him in billy horschel he was i mean billy horschel finished what t40 yeah he's still a name though yeah but i'm talking guys inside like the top 20 oh 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 yeah like i it, mean if you Johnny look the, Vegas, Zach Johnson. Yeah, Johnny Vegas was T21. Zach Johnson was T12. I guess Straka. But again, it, a couple of names were calling out there, but there was a lot of unknown names at that link. Eric Cole was 6,900. He was the most popular 6K guy on uh, – yeah, exactly. Nice. 6,900. Nice. Uh, but he was the most popular 6K guy in the field last week in terms of in terms of ownership percentage. Uh but just not not a ton of big names that were climbing up leaderboards. It was very interesting. Yeah, Jack, we happens. already kind of got into it. How about we go through DraftKings and FanDuel? Let's not. Um, I'm going <laughs> to go. Um, yeah, so I had um, DraftKings. Min Woo Lee was my number one guy. For I, I, I couldn't read him. Um, he went like four under, four over, four under, 17 under. It felt like I was just going crazy watching him. Um, finished 24th or 25th or 26th. Danny McCarthy was like second to last after round one. So I ignored it. Dietrich withdrew. Bez and Padre Harrington made the cut and did fine. Ashke ba- or Akshay Bhatia was in it going into Sunday yep. morning and was out of it by lunchtime. Um, <laughs> lost there. And I'll just go into FanDuel because I had much of the same names. You just kind of replace um, Adam Svensson and Ben Griffin, who both made the cut and did fine. But fine doesn't win you um, 
a lot of money in terms of a crapshoot field where yep. two of your top guys are withdrawing or out. Yeah, that uh yeah, Jack had a little bit of a tough week. I I I was in it at a certain point in time, that's for sure. Especially yeah, going on... into Saturday afternoon, you yes. were in the top two percent of all lineups in both DraftKings and FanDuel. Yeah, on single entries, I was I was top five on both FanDuel and DraftKings Saturday afternoon. Um, I was I was cheeks clenched trying to hold on to that top five. Didn't happen. Um, I fell down. I think I finished like 50 fifth in DraftKings and like 87th in FanDuel still great still won a ton of money um my lineup both my lineups went six for six that's always great in an in especially, especially in a weak yeah. field uh for DraftKings I had Billy Horschel T42 Aaron Wise T29 Johnny Vegas T21 Robbie Shelton T21 Justin Sutt T5 Zach Johnson T12 um, again, the DK was the better of the two, so that was the good lineup. FanDuel, I had Sung JM T42, Billy Horschel T42, Johnny Vegas T21, Garrick Higo, who shot plus five on Thursday. Yeah, and then went like four under, and four then, under. And then went, yeah, and then went like four or five under, four or five under, and proceeded to finish T29. Uh, Justin Suh finished T5, and then Tano Goya, who Jack and I kind of squad rode a little bit there, T55. Again, just made a cut, especially at what, 60. 500 probably was his price point unbelievable <laughs> so we'll take it i was i was kind of i've kind of been a little lackluster on on dfs side recently um I've well you focused... flip-flop you either go super up in dfs and down in bets or yes. you go way up in bets like you have the couple weeks and like 51st out of 50 in a lineups i've i've been spending a lot of time on bets trying to get myself back to zero um so that's kind of been a big focus of mine but this week the uh the dfs lineups really kind of came through yep awesome and then um you know some of these dfs lineups i'm just pretty sure convinced people get blackout drunk and go ahead and click their lineups because i saw a lineup with like chris kirk eric cole and tyler duncan yeah and i'm like there's no way that you had all like <laughs> it was ridiculous um but Going after lineups, congratulations on your great week there. I know that makes up um, four bets. Yeah, my, my bets were okay. I mean, I went one for three. Uh, Billy Horschel, top 20 at plus 160. He Again, he was not all over it, but he was in it for probably, what, the first two and a half, three rounds? Yeah. Um, and then Sunday, I think he shot like 76. He just never really, never really sent it on Sunday. Um, so that was a loss. Shane Lowry, top 20 at plus 110. He was kind of, again, the one big name outside of Kirk that made the top 20. So I love that. That was a nice win. And then the other guy was Matt Kuchar, top 20 at plus 140. I think he finished like third from last place. Him and Denny McCarthy were getting beers <laughs> after. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't pretty. Uh, but again, he was one. I, I, I looked at the betting odds. The guy right above Matt Kuchar was Chris Kirk. The guy right below Matt Kuchar was Adrian Morocco. So if I picked either of the two of those, I'm making my money. But and I just that's why it's gambling. Yeah, but I just haven't picked the one guy that played absolutely awful. But one for three, I lost 0.9 units. Um, I'm now at negative 2.24 units. So Again, I'm okay. We're getting a ton of new viewers from socials, and thank you very much. I just want to preface this because everyone's going to be like, minus 2.2, why would I follow this guy? Like four weeks ago, you were <laughs> minus 15 units. Yeah, so probably five weeks ago now. Five yeah. weeks. You separate five weeks ago and you say, you know what? I'm clean slate. You're up like 13 units. So yeah. please don't hear that number if you're a first time viewer and think, holy crap, I'm never listening to these people again. Yeah. No, it, it, it's a growth and I'm working on it. I was slow in the fall swing, but I'm kind of coming around now that the uh, 
the big names are already in the field. How'd your bats go this week, Jack? Well, thank you for asking. Um, Shane Lowry, top 20, plus 110. That was a W, thankfully. Thomas Dietrich, top 20. Top 20 CBS spender with all his illnesses. (laughs) Denny McCarthy, top 20. I don't know what happened. Um, Just for the record, that Dietrich pick was supposed to be Chris Kirk. Um, I believe in a text thread right before we started shooting, um, I was advised that that's a dumb pick um, once again, but it happens. I Chris Kirk was a risky pick. Um, if I would known he would have won, I would have kept him in it, whatever. Um, and then Minwood Lee, top 20, um, finished at 26, and that was plus 160. I mean, he, I, I, I can't believe that that didn't hit. I, I am genuinely shocked because he was in it all of day. Yeah, I knew he was going to be close, and that was why I – I looked actually back through my notes and my bets. I started out with uh, Billy Horschel, Shane Lowry, and Minwoo Lee. And then I switched Minwoo Lee because I think you had him. So I was like, all right, let me go to Kuchar because that was the other guy I was going to go to. If Minwoo Lee would have hit, I would have been extremely disappointed. I was so in the I'm... same boat. I had Minwoo <laughs> Lee and I think I would have taken Kuchar if I saw your notes first. So, <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was, we were both in that same thought process. Uh, how'd your winners do this week, Jack? Well, I also, so I, just for the record, I went 1.9 units down, uh, which I know that sounds like another, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to turn this what, pod 14, off. 14 units up now? 14.65 <laughs> units up in 2023. Yeah. Um, and then we also had some extra bets that have been killing it this year, except for this week. Um, Kucher, top 40, that was a miss. Dietrich, top 40, that was a withdraw. S.H. Kim, that was top 40, finished 63rd. Um wasn't it for 50 holes? I don't know what happened. <laughs> ben Griffin, top 40. That was a hit. He finished 21st. Robbie Shelton, top 40, finished 21st. Um, Christian Bez, or Bezuidenhout, was top 40. He lost by a shot, and I believe he went three over in his final three holes to lose that one. So that hurt. Um, so we were down 1.7 units this week on extra bets. First time losing. Um, it's a shame because I'm only up 28.75 units in the last month on extra bets. So I, you know, I apologize for the losing week. Yeah, exactly. You're you've only crushed it each of the last four weeks. So we'll get, we'll give Jack a week off and then he'll come back this week. Give all the big names when you an extra 25 units here on the, uh, on the Arnold Palmer and, and you'll be all set again. Absolutely. So, and then I know right. you asked about winners, so I'll jump right into it. Yep. The first one was Min Woo Lee that finished 26. You know, Min Woo Lee, it's his first PGA Tour start of the year. I was going to say, how many more times are you going to use Min Woo Lee this year? So might it's probably a good pick for you. And then I had Padraig Harrington, the Irishman, the potty, tied for 60th. I wasn't necessarily doing anything outrageous, but this was a shot in the dark field. So good for you if you pick Chris Kirk. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a good pick. Uh, for my winner's picks, I went kind of top-heavy. Um, Billy Horschel, T42. I'm a little disappointed. I say I'm a little disappointed. I mean, at least he was like pretty much T40. Um, so it could have been much worse. And, you know, he's going to win me a little bit of money. I wish I would have saved Billy, I guess, for another Florida tournament in hopes that he would have done better. It happens. Uh, my second is going to be Jonathan Vegas. He finished T21. He was uh, he was pretty good this week. Again, he was, he was very inconsistent. So the fact that he finished back in the T21, uh, we'll take it. And no complaints. Yep. And then, again, for everybody that's just tuning in, because I know we had like, what, like a hundred new viewers last week. So I'm sure we have a bunch of new people coming in this week. We don't necessarily just go John Rom, Tiger Woods every single week. What we do is we do PGA tour fantasy style where you get one guy, um, you get to use him once uh, excluding majors. So that's why Padraig Harrington was included as a winner. 
um, just for example. So don't read too much into that. And then wild cards, Padraig Harrington, I had him at top 20 plus 375. He was in it for like 38 holes, 39 holes, and then just kind of lost his putter. Yeah. And then I had Robbie Shelton top 20 plus 350 finished at 21st. Cause he went bogey par bogey on his final three holes. And that one sent me into a tailwind. You don't got to tell me I had him again. I had him in DFS lineups and I think I lost like an extra couple of bucks just cause oh, Robbie Shelton. Poor guy. I know I only, I only won like 25 instead of 50 sucks. Um, well, by the way, you had Bez initially as as one of your wild picks, I think, because on on my end I swapped it because uh-huh. you I think you swapped from Bez to somebody else before the show last week. Um, maybe I don't I don't remember it, but I, I don't know. Maybe I just wrote it down wrong too. Uh, for my wild picks, I I was in it this week with wild picks. I almost I almost went two for two. Uh, Byunghyun on top 20 was plus 240. He finished T21. Are you shitting me? Like he was all over top 20 all week. And even on Sunday, he was like, I think T7 at one point. But he, I think he, I think he was a lot like that. He struggled through the bear trap on Sunday and ended up finishing T21. Uh, my other wild card pick, and, and this is a guy that really kind of carried me a lot throughout this week. Zach Johnson, top 20, plus 500. Uh, really kind of rode him hard this week, and it was a really nice win and appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, yeah I'm yeah. riding Zach Johnson, baby. <laughs> Any other thoughts, Jack, this week on the Honda? Or Absolutely not. Palmer? Yeah, I'm going to Arnold Palmer, the legend, it. the king. I should be wearing my Arnold Palmer shirt right now, but I completely forgot about it, so I apologize. But we are going to the king's track. We're going to Bay Hill, um, Arnold Palmer Invitational, obviously presented by MasterCard again. million prize fund of a $20 million purse and 550 FedEx Cup points. Yeah, uh, let me run through some of your notes real fast. This is a par 72, totaling 7,460 yards. It's a lot of the same metrics, three par, or four par threes, and then uh, four par fives. Again, it's a pretty standard course in that sense. Everything else about it is not standard. Uh, Last year's winner was Scotty Scheffler. Uh, just some notes to look for. Lots of Europeans and international players do well in this type of a course. It's predominantly due to the fact that it is extremely windy here at Bay Hill. Wind is going to play a huge factor this week, so please be advised and look into it. You know, you're gonna you're gonna like your local weather man this week when it comes to Bay Hill. You just need to or check weather it out lady or weather lady. That's correct. Um, another thing to note: there's very little wedge shots at Arnold Palmer. Uh, it's super calculated with specific holes that have required kind of layups. So you can't really like attack it and have 75 yards left to the pin. You're going to have a lot of 200 plus yard approach shots and it's extremely common. Um, third thing, it's unlikely that a winner here is going to win at probably more than eight to 10 under. Uh, I think one year, four or five years ago, there was zero wins. So somebody wanted at 16 under, but predominantly speaking, it's somewhere between minus four and minus 10. Um, the cut has also been usually between plus two and plus four. Occasionally you'll get like an even or like a plus five or a plus six, but not a lot of cuts being made under par here. That's for sure. Uh, since 2011, every winner at Bay Hill has played in the Arnold Palmer Invitational the season prior and made the cut. Uh, some guys to note that hasn't played this event in a long time. Uh, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Canlay, and Tony Finau all don't usually play this event, and they haven't played here in years. They're only kind of playing it because it's an elevated event. Um, so I'd just be advised. I wouldn't I wouldn't count them towards the metrics of winners who hadn't played the season prior because, again, they're kind of outliers. 
on the norm, but just be advised because it's an elevated event, you might have a larger grouping of this now. Uh, last thing, uh, Shane Lowry last week, and we know we everybody loved him for the Honda. Just know he's 0 for 3 on making the cut here at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So I know I talked about how Europeans um, and international players do well here. Shane Lowry is kind of an exception to that rule. So just be advised when you look at him. That's probably why his pricing is somewhat somewhat lower than others. That was my only note for Shane Lowry. <laughs> there you go. I've got it. I got it taken care of. All right. We running right into the lineups here, Jack. Yep. Let's go ahead and get it. Um, I think we just loop the 11 and 10 because there's only three guys. Oh, yeah. Um, we are on DraftKings starting at John Rahm, 11,500 to Rory McIlroy, 10,600. So I have one guy that I think stands um this category than anybody else, and that's Scotty Scheffler. Oh, we have different guys. Okay. I bet. So the reason I'm picking Scotty Scheffler over Rahm. And I'm sure your guy's Rom. If it's Rory, then we might have a have a talk. No, it's uh, Rory. It's absolutely wow. Rory. <laughs> so Scotty Scheffler in his last two weeks, obviously his 12th finish at the Genesis, winner at the waste management. He is number one in bogey avoidance in the calendar of 2023 through last week. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about weather avoidance, bogey avoidance, it's not going to be a high scoring event with Thursday and Sunday being super windy. I'm looking at probably a winner between five, six, and seven under this week, much like last year where he won it. So I think he's comfortable in those positions, comfortable in that weather. Number one bogey avoidance. His putter looks good. His ball striking looks good. I think if you're going to go this high in your lineup, I think he's the guy that you can get to. Yeah, I... I don't hate Scotty this week. Um, again, he won he won last year, so he's good with it. In in terms of weather, Scotty last year really kind of caught a break um, the way it fell for him. He was in the absolute opposite uh, slots of all, all the wind that came through last year when it kind of changed up this course. Um, in terms of John Rahm, I love him every week, especially right now because he's not losing at all. But he's just kind of too pricey. Uh, being $600 more than Scotty Scheffler and $900 more than Rory. I, I don't know if I can get to it. The other reason I love Rory this week, though, is because the guy lives Bay Hill. I mean, the last five years, T13, T10, T5, T6, winner. Like, the guy the guy hasn't finished outside of 13th in six years. So it's kind of hard to go wrong when the guy owns Bay Hill. Um, he is also very good in these windy conditions, which again, I'm kind of predicting this week. That is another reason for part of my metrics. Um, so I'm all aboard Rory. In all honesty, if I could, I would probably pick him as a winner's pick this week, but it's just that I'm saving him. So do you think, cause Rory, the last couple of weeks that we've seen him has not looked like Rory McIlroy. Yeah. Do you envision, cause much like what we talk about with a couple of the guys or a Patrick Cantlay, we want that boom week to have confidence to bet them in terms of this high of a price point where you have Scotty so close um, in terms of price or even, you know, obviously Rom being a lot more expensive. Is this the boom week that you envisions coming in, in terms of this? I'll say, I'll say it in a reference to Scotty because maybe Scotty's a good one to, to compare to this. So prior to the waste management, you could argue that Scotty's putter was kind of struggling with him. Correct. correct? So he goes back to a, to a course that he has won in the past and he's played well at in the past and he kind of breaks the streak and it starts fresh. That is my envision of Rory this week, kind of in that same boat. He's going back to Bay Hill. He's won here, I think three times between this and then they pay, they play here in the championships, right? The tour championship. No. Didn't they play Bay Hill last year for the tour championship? Not that I'm familiar with. I know they, 
uh, it finishes at East Lake every year. I know it's oh, sometimes it East Lake. That's what it was. Sorry, I'm mixing mixing up East Lake and Bay Hill. But I know that Rory has played well in this event in the past, and he's won here a couple of times. I think this could kind of be a fix-it week for Rory, and especially at the lowest price of the three, I'm all bored. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying that Rory's a bad choice. I just think if you're going to go with a guy this expensive, I want to see some momentum or I want to see a good week before. Take him. If you have the money to, if you were originally going to pick Scotty and you found yourself with $600 more, just bump it up. Yeah. There's no harm in it. All, I think all three of these guys will end up finishing probably top 20. I'm sure there's a parlay for it that you can do on it. <laughs> I might. I'm, I've been tempted. That's for sure. Absolutely. So that is it Um, with that big category. Next, we'll jump down to if this were two years ago, I'd probably call it the biggest category in the world. Yep. Homa at 9.7. All the way at the bottom to Victor, excuse me, Victor Hovland <laughs> at nine o'clock. It's been a freaking nine, nine o'clock. Yes, Victor Hovland at nine o'clock. No, at nine thousand is is Victor Hovland. Um, there's a few names in here that I like to see. Colin Morikawa. Um, he's got the elite iron play, and again, he's got the proximity from 200 plus yards. That's great for all the wind, and again, for all these long iron shots that you need into a hole like this. Uh, the other guy is Bozal Torres. Again. Wilson Torres plays well on very difficult courses where he doesn't need to shoot 25 under par. And he's also an elite ball striker, kind of like Morikawa. So this, this course kind of fits Zal Torres' mold. I think that injury concerns are gone. So yeah, I think with Zal Torres too, much like to the point you said, every time you watch him where he's in contention, he's not 23 under. He's yeah. five, six, seven, eight. And that's why he does it well at the U.S. Open. That's why he does well at the PGA. That's why he does well at these all these big events where there's a lot of pressure, a lot of names, and lot low scoring. So I think this is a week that a lot of golf fans like you and I were trying to preach that Will Salatoris is a better pick than what I think he might be advertised, sandwiched between JT, Morikawa, Xander, and Tony. Yeah, it's I I again outside of Zell Torres and Morikawa, I think that there's a lot of landmines in this field, personally. I understand it's all big names. But, you know, Max Homa, again, we're not in California anymore. We're not in his home base. I need to see, I want to see him do it outside of the West Coast and kind of see him continue on that for this week. Again, this is just a me week for, with with Homa. Yeah, because I like him. What? I like Homa this you week. You like him? I Again, I think he's going to do well, but I just want to see it on the East Coast. I know he does great on the West Coast, but I want to see it. Yeah, uh, I think uh, with Homa specifically, I'm, I'm going to be a lot of what my decisions are based on this week are bogey avoidance. Yeah. It's not going to be a big score. So especially in DFS, I want to see you make a cut and I want to see you not give up points for those bogeys. So Homa is currently 12th um, in bogey avoidance across the entire uh, PGA Tour this year. And that's including like Mito Pereira, who played like 28 holes on the PGA Tour this year or whatever. So his stats are technically counting, which is kind of a little bit of a pain for stats. But he is 12th. His last three finishes or last four are a one, a two, a three, and a 39. I think he's great momentum. I think his putter is finally clicking to a spot. Um, He's gunning for it. He's going for every win. I think he's confident. And at 9,700, I think he's the best characteristic player in this field. JT has the ability to win, 100% ability. He hasn't shown it. Morikawa, best iron player in the world, um, has a two um, top five finishes, a six at the Genesis. I have it, and I know that sounds crazy, but I I love Morikawa this week, but I think Homa is my number one, probably Morikawa, then Xander, 
um, just because Xander has been looking tremendous outside of the finish placement, yeah. but ball striking iron after that injury concern looks really good. And I think Cantley and uh, Hovland are going to be two quiet names too. Yeah. I, I don't hate Hovland this week. I, I, I Cantley concerns me. He just hasn't really had it so far. I say that when he finished third of the Genesis, um, but like he missed the cut at the waste management. So I guess more so it's me having buyer's remorse on Cantley. Of course, like the one week I pick him, he starts missing cuts. Um, so I think personally, I'm going to stay off of him. Yeah, I'm kind of a big fan of Victor Hovland this week. Again, he fits that European mold where they do well on courses like this. And I, I just think there's something about it. I know he played well here last year, too. I don't hate that. In terms of my ratings, I think I would go more or I think I'd go Zal Torres, Morikawa, Hovland, probably in those three. Um, but yeah, those are the three I like in there. Eight K awesome. range. Yeah, let's do it. So at the top, crazily, Sung JM at 8,900. Then you go down to the probably the biggest landmine in this field and Keith Mitchell, the GOAT at 8K. Let me just say, I think Sung JM is probably, there's only two guys that I think I'm confidently going to. One is Sung Jay, one is Jason Day. So Sung Jay, going back to Bogey Avoyance, is 16th. Take out yeah. Mito Pereira, he's 15th. Um, he has looked awesome outside of the last two weeks in the Honda and the Genesis. Yep. Um, and it's not like he did bad at the Honda. He had 67, 71, 70, and 70, which if you take a look at scoring this week, I know it obviously doesn't perfectly translate, but that's a top 10 finish. So I like him this week. It's a cheaper price point than he probably will be the rest of the year. So as we get closer to April, where I guarantee you he will make an appearance um, I'd just like to see a little bit more of a momentum week. And I think this is a good one. Just, just to kind of top off on Sungjae, uh, course history, T20, T21, third, T3. He's also number one in the field in the last 12 rounds in proximity from 200 yards out. Thank so you. it just kind of adds on a little bit more to Sungjae. Um, if I didn't have him already as a master's pick in my head, I would probably be betting him this week. Spoiler alert, we will be squad riding the absolute dog out of Sung JM. <laughs> yes, go, go yeah. for day. Then I had to go J-Day. It, it, it is 2015 Jason Day. We are watching his last, uh, we'll call it four finishes, 9, 5, 7, 18, all on difficult tracks. Yeah. There's not a court, maybe waste management is probably the easiest of them. But there's also um, an elevated field with a lot of other good competition. It's crazy. He's been playing so good. 8,500. I mean, he's just, he's looked like a star. He, he knows everything. He's been playing well. I think he's as confident in his game as he's probably been in what the last three or four years when he's going through all these changes, equipment, swing, mental yeah. coaches and whatnot. I think he's finally getting to a point where he's confident and I'm not hitting the ball as far as I used to. I'm not able to swing it as much. My spin rates are different, but I'm at a point now where I know what it is and I can capitalize on it. Even though, by the way, he he hasn't played the same Jason Day level up until this year. Just so you know, his recent form on this course, T31, T22, T23, first, T17, T45, T25, and then in 2008, he missed the cut. So other than 2008... Oh, wait, he only missed the cut in 2008? All right, I'm switching off him. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, though. Like, outside of a 2008 play, when he was probably, what, 23 or something like that... And he missed the cut. He he makes the cut here all the time. And he's also won here. It just kind of makes sense that Jason Day is going to do good on a course like this. Yeah. So is is there a guy that you're otherwise confident in this field? Or do you just see landmines like I do? 
I, I, I have four names and, and Sungjae Sung and Jay Day were <laughs> okay. I thought you were about to say four other names and I'm like, no, no, oh my goodness. No, Sungjae and Jason Day were, were two of them. The other two are, well, I'll start up top with Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick has great course history here. He's got four straight top tens, T9, T10, T9 in a second. He plays great in the wind. Again, he's from Europe, so he's got the kind of international side that always does better on this type of course. Um, so I'm not worried if the wind picks up on Are his Are you worried side. about his injury? Partially, but I do think that'll keep his uh, that'll keep his play down. I think less people will be likely to play him because of this injury concern. He's been playing through it all of these weeks. If he was really nervous about it, I feel like he would have taken a couple extra weeks off. Like at this point now, I'm like, hey, like if you if you really were injured, sit down until the Masters or like sit down until the players. Like take take a couple of weeks. Take yeah, a next week. <laughs> well, yeah, but even then, that's like three weeks versus a week of a week, and then going back to back because you know he's playing in the Masters or not in the Masters, the players next week. So like he's going back to back. Otherwise, he wouldn't do he wouldn't do that if he wasn't healthy. I'm gonna look and make sure he doesn't like try and withdraw on me on Wednesday. Um, and that's, I'm sure that'll be part of my tinkering that I'll look at, but in terms of, of that, I am interested just because of his course history and kind of how he fits it. Uh, the other guy I'll mention is Terrell Hatton. Uh, Terrell Hatton is kind of a little bit more of a sneaky pick. Again, he's, he's also a course history dog here. Uh, T2, T21, first T29, T69th. Um, so he's played well here in the past. And again, he's got the international side. He's good in the wind. That's that's honestly how I made half of my lineups. I'm like, all right, are you good in windy conditions? You know, if you're an international, that's also in a, a good benefit because then I know that you do good on this type of a course. It's it's really simple for me. Um, and then a little bit of recent form. And then just last thing, Tom Kim, probably the biggest definition of a landmine you could physically have. Liam and I will both be avoiding him like the plague. So yep. look for him on the final page of the leaderboard come <laughs> Sunday afternoon because we'll be avoiding him. Yeah, exactly. I think this is going to be as big of a confidence week as he can get because then you go players and then the next big one's Augusta. For yeah. la- you know, in terms of that scale. So I don't know if there's that many events that there's that much pressure on him for momentum to pick it up. So watch out for that. Um, but we'll jump right into the 7K, um, starting at Shane Lowry at 7,900, like we talked about. Or like you talked about, those stats are pretty scary. Yep. And then Byung Hun on at 7K. I'm just going to start it off because I got dogs in here. Do it. Number one, Ricky Fowler. He is back. He is much like Jason Day back in his 2015, 2016 self. He looks awesome. Iron looks good. Driver looks good. Putter looks good. Mental looks good. Everything looks good about him. And at 7,700, you're telling me a guy in his last three events, his worst finish is 20, is a guy that you should be avoiding. Um, I think you should have him in at least one lineup, at least one. Next, um, we're going to go Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley is a dog. He's a fighter. He's a scrapper. Yes, he's six for eight on cuts. And last uh, you know, last couple weeks of the Genesis, he obviously missed the cut. But he is honestly one of the most underrated and underappreciated golfers in the actual game. Um, since 2013, he's 10 for 10 on cuts at Bay Hill. Yeah. Um, so look out for course history there at this price point. I know it's crazy because it's Keegan Bradley. If he makes the cut at 7,600, that's a win. Yeah, Keegan Bradley, Jack and I both kind of liked him. Um, I laughed because I, Jack and I had put in our uh, our wild picks at different points in times for uh, 
for who we were kind of liking for a top 20. And we both un, unintentionally and instinctively were like, yeah, Keegan Bradley, top 20, plus 280. Boom. Uh, but then we ended up changing it because we realized we were at the same name. Uh, the name that I will start off with, it is going to be, where's he at? 7,100, Christian Bezwiedenhout. Uh, course history, T20, 7th, T18. Solid, good putter, decent enough irons. He's just got to get off the tee. And again, if he doesn't need driver here, we can make it work. I mean, just stay on the planet, Cut. Christian. That's all we need. Yeah, stay on the, stay on the planet and keep putting. Um, and he's going to be just fine here. I, honestly, I don't know how much I love a ton of their names. I mean, Montgomery, initially, I want to go to him, but it's just, it, he's not fallen, I guess, kind of fallen off, maybe is the best way to describe it. Okay, like, here's the thing about Montgomery. If you take a look at his stats and you say, hey, this is my rookie year, I'm 10 for 12 on cuts yeah. with four top 10s, you say, this guy's on a tear. You take a look at his last two weeks and you get scared by it, Yeah, which which makes sense because, you know, he just missed the cut to Genesis, but I think one shot, maybe two. Um, waste management that was just shocking to watch yep this is a week that if you want he's going to be a lot less owned because a lot of people much like Sahith or Mito Pereira at the end of last year riding the wave riding the rave riding the wave and then it fell off and everybody jumped off so this is a week that he's probably not going to be his owned Min Lee, another guy that you take a look at his stats and you're like 7300 uh is he playing lefty is something wrong with him (laughs) um a couple guys that I'm looking for Brian Harmon Yes, I know I talked about two weeks ago how he's on my naughty list. We're giving him a one-time exemption. Bogey avoidance is remarkable. Um, He's top 20 in all bogey avoidance across all par threes, fours, and fives. He hasn't had his best year this year, I think. Um, In the calendar 2023, he's only had one top 20 finish. But all in this price point I'm looking for is a made cut. And then Thomas Dietrich. Yes, he screwed me. Oh, don't go back to him. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Thomas Dietrich. Here's the thing. For the last, what, 11 weeks, I've probably made $1,000 off Thomas Dietrich. Thomas Dietrich's like the ex you can't shake, Jack. Holy yeah. crap. But he's this made is... the cut in every single event that I've done him in outside of one week where he withdrew to illness. Yeah. Now, he's European like he talked about. Yep. He's 11 for 12 on cuts, two top 10s. He's having a career year, and he's 7,200. So this is going to be my fifth or sixth guy in almost every lineup if I do it. If yep. he makes a cut, again, my level here at this price point is cut. Make it, yeah. and it's good. It, yeah, that's a good way to go about it. Um, if you want some kind of boom-bust guys, uh, people in terms of good course history who've kind of been, well, I guess Chris Kirk is one, and and he just won, but he, and he's played well here in the past. Um, but that's kind of a risky play at 7,700 to try and go back to the well and strike lightning twice, especially on a on a lot deeper of a field. Uh, but Tommy Fleetwood is kind of boom bust in, in the sense, but he does fit a lot of the molds that we're kind of looking for in this type of field. Uh, so he's not the worst guy to go to. Again, he's been a little all across the board. I think he was T5 at T4 at the CJ Cup. But outside of that, it's been a lot of kind of T20s, um, which I guess you really don't hate if you're getting that 7,500. Yeah, I mean, he's he's five for six um, in cuts here at Bay Hill. He had a yeah. tied three and three top tens originally. So it's not like he doesn't have the course history to back it up. And, you know, he's fighting for his card right now. So it's, everything's a little bit elevated for him. Yeah. All right. Uh, ready to get into the 6k range. Absolutely not. But we're going to do it anyway at <laughs> Patrick Rogers, 6,900, and then scroll on to my finger hurts to Greg cock. So wait, that can't be his name. <laughs> oh, like coach, like K O C H. 
Got it. Yeah, I think okay. it's pronounced cock from what I remember, but I could be wrong. Apologies. Um, JJ Spawn is a guy that I look out for outside of waste management and farmers. He was just absolutely killing it on the PGA tour. A ton of bogey avoidance stats, um, scoring average stats, approach stats, putting stats are all in the top 50. So if if there's a guy that I could make a push for here as a six guy, he's a guy I'm not turning away just because he's proven that he can hang with the big dogs. But other than that, I mean, you can get to Joel Damon, you can get to Justin Suggin, Ben Griffin's there, Robbie Shelton, but there's this is a scary place to be. It, it, I think if you're going in the 6K range, give me Ben Griffin. I think he's got the highest upside. Um, again, he's got tons of top 40s. I mean, let, let's just count it out here. Since since the Cadence Bank Houston Open in the start of November, the guy has made all top 40s except for the Pebble Beach Pro-Am where he missed the cut. So that's what, two, four, six, seven out of his last eight events, he's made the top 40 at 6,600, 6,700. I think he's the best value um, in the 6K range in terms of that. I also realized that because of that, he's probably going to be the highest owned. I do think that Ben, uh, or not Ben Griffin, Ben Taylor is another guy who's who's an option. Um, again, slightly lower tier, but still kind of the same concept. And then I'm going to go back to him a little bit as well. Uh, you know, trusty, reliable Zach Johnson. He's I was not... thinking Zach Johnson and Stuart Sink, both open championship winners, yeah. uh, both hold Claire Jug. So if there's anybody at this category that has the bogey avoidance, the I'm just going to grind and make a cut and hope for the best. It's these two guys. Every time I look at these kinds of events, there's always these couple of like old heads that make the cut and end up finishing like 40th. And you're like, man, why didn't I just like follow that lead and just like continue to stick with them? And so Zach Johnson's kind of been the guy I've been riding the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you're right. You're riding a lot of guys lately, but uh, (laughs) no, only Zach Johnson. Are you kidding me? Have you seen him in those shades? (laughs) Oh, he looks great. Picture we'll be doing on all socials. We go tag along. It's pretty gangster, but I think this is a category that I guarantee 90% of lineups avoid. Um, There's just a lot of hit or miss in this category. I think anything under 7k or 7,500 in an elevated, a field like this, you just want a guy that has a higher percentage to make the cut. Um, you can't necessarily look at boom or bust. You know, Siwoo Kim has the opportunity to get 7,500 to take a win. But if you make a cut out of him, you're separating yourself from the field that might have gone really top heavy. So it just balances everything out. Yeah. Um, all right, Jack, let's run through it. What do you got for your lineups? What are we looking at? Yes. Well, lineups, we're going to start at DraftKings right away. Absolutely. So my DraftKings lineup is starting off Scotty Scheffler at 10,900. I talked about it. He's just, he's a killer this week. Next, we're jumping to Max Homa at 9,700. Keegan Bradley at 7,600. I'm riding it. Seamus Power at 7,400. Didn't mention a ton on him, but he's having a career year. This could be a really good week that I don't think he's going to be owned that much. So I think in DFS, he might sneak away. Then I'm jumping to the two guys that probably should be on my do not bet list, but we're going Thomas Dietrich and Brian Harmon, both at 7,200. Oh, he's going back to the well. Hey, you know what? If you keep going back to Thomas Dietrich, though, then eventually he's going to get to a point where you're like, hey, you remember I talked about him five weeks ago winning? He finally won. Hey, again, for the last (laughs) 11 weeks, I've bet him continuously. And the green has entered my pocket. I will allow him one bye week. Yeah, that's fair. It's probably a good way to go about it. 
Uh, for my DraftKings lineup, I'm a little all across the board, but uh, we are starting with Rory. We are starting with Rory McIlroy at ten thousand six hundred. Second, give me Sungjae Im at eight thousand nine hundred. Third, give me Jason Day at eight thousand five hundred. Fourth, give me Terrell Hatton at eight thousand three hundred. Fifth, give me Christian Biswedenhout at 7,100. And sixth, again, he just kind of fit into that mold. Give me Ben Taylor at 6,500. Nice. And then we'll jump into FanDuel. This one is uh, questionable at best. We're going to go Scotty Shuffler at 11,800. Risky play at Colin Morikawa at 11,400. Sung J.M. at 10,200. Keegan Bradley, 9,500. I had to go Ricky Fowler at 9,300, had to sneak him in. And then I went Robbie Shelton at 7,800. I, I just think that he's done really well and he's proven that he can hang with the big guys. And I don't think it cuts out of the question there. Yeah, that was, uh, I was down to two guys at 7,800 and I went, I went the other way, but I was strongly contemplating Robbie Shelton. Uh, for FanDuel, I'm realizing outside of Sanjay, Jack, we pretty much don't have anybody that overlaps on either of our lineups. So one of us is probably going to be happy. The other one is not going to be as happy next week. Uh, for FanDuel, I'm starting with Rory McIlroy at 11,900. Second, give me Will Zales Horace at 10,900. Third, give me Matt Fitzpatrick. Again, I'm hoping the injury's all set and he's got no issues. 10,300. Fourth, give me Sanjay M at 10,200. Fifth, give me Christian Biswadenhout at 8,900. And sixth, give me Zach Johnson at 7,800. Perfect. I just need an excuse to use that Zach Johnson picture again on social. It's perfect. I got you. <laughs> awesome. And then we'll jump right into bets this week. I actually have six um, just because J-Day has two appearances and they were too good to pass up. So one, which I just took a look at odds because I was just curious because it's kind of ridiculous. They're wild. We have over a hundred and fifty no, we have a hundred and sixty-five point gap in my first bet. Yep. I have Scotty Scheffler top 20 at plus 135. He is currently minus 200. So apparently everyone in the physical world believes Scotty Scheffler is getting two or minus 200 um for top 20 for the odds makers to change it that much, but yep. I got him at plus 135. Max Homa, top 20 at plus 145. Xander Shoffley, top 20, also plus 145. I have Jason Day, top 20 at plus 185. I also have Jason Day being the top Australian at plus 145. Um, I saw some of the Australian players, and they didn't look like they were having a lot of momentum carry, so I'm taking a gamble there. And then I had to go with a little bit of Will Zalatoris, top 20. He's oh. plus 155. Um, I think this could be a week that he just sneaks it out under the radar, not necessarily top five, but, you know, 18th or 17th place, um, four under, call it a week. Yeah, that's uh, I love the Wilson Torres pick personally, just out of my own, out of my own bias, but that's always a good one uh, for my bets. I'm sticking with the three. Um, I I got slightly different odds than Jack because, again, I think I was a little later on the punch. Jack's usually right on it at about yeah, 11. Benefit of working from home. Yeah, Jack, Jack, Jack at 11.59 a.m. is just refreshing DraftKings Sportsbooks to get the best bets right away. Once I get So what happens is I know the odds are up because we have a reoccurring DraftKings. So as soon as I get the notification, it's up. I know odds are up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so my bets, I'm sticking with the three. Uh, first one is Colin Morikawa, top 20 at plus 100. I want to say he's probably, what, minus 120 now. Um, so I got him still with a little bit of a boost left. 
Uh, my second one is Matt Fitzpatrick, top 20 at plus 150. Again, I'm assuming that the injury's healed. Otherwise, I don't think he'd be in this. If he ends up pulling out of the field, um, I just want to state this now. Am I allowed to, if he if he withdraws before the field, to swap over to Will Zell's or his top 20? If, if, okay, yeah. If he withdraws, you are more than welcome to squad ride with me. Okay, so I'm gonna make this well known. If 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 Matt Fitzpatrick ends up withdrawing because of his injury, I am going to swap to Will's Altoris and I'm going to take it as if it is a normal bet for me because I am I'm gonna get money back on Fitzpatrick and throw it on Willie Z. Um, so let's just make that well known now. Uh, that is my audible if it happens. My third Sung J M top twenty at plus one forty. Um, again, I'm pretty happy with all three of those. And again, I I love Sung J this week. Yeah, I, I already have a side bet on Sungjae. Again, the bets that I put on here, not all necessarily the bets that I do on my own time as well. Um, Sungjae was a hard one not to sneak into my core um, bets. I, I don't know what happened because I have him in lineups. They convinced me not to go to him, but I like him a lot, and I already have a bet on him top 20. So um, good on there. And then wild card picks this week because we'll save winners for last just for fun. I have three this week. Um, I did a little bit of a mix up um, because I, I've just been tinkering and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. One is Keegan Bradley top 20 at a ridiculous plus 280. Yep. Um, next is Min Woo Lee top 20 at plus 375. He looked fine last week. He's looked great on the DP world tour. If wind is a factor, then I think he's a little bit of an advantage on the field. And last but not least, Ricky freaking Fowler, top 20 plus 290. I had to do it. You just, every once in a while, that his picture is so good that we have. He's just awesome. Gives me an excuse to cheer for Ricky, especially if there's monetary value involved. So instead of doing half a unit like I normally do on wild cards, I'm going to do a third. There you go. That, that'll be the way to go about it. Um, I also, still- yeah, I almost had Brian Harmon top 20. In fact, I did have him at plus 280 up until I found Ricky Fowler's odds. Yeah, that makes sense. But, uh, you love Harmon, but you also love Ricky, so they get beat out at a certain point. Cheers. Uh, for my wild pick, I'm sticking with the two. Um, I Again, I had Keegan Bradley top 20 with a plus 280 with Jack. Um, I gave it to him because I know that he's got a lot of other uh, Keegan Bradley type bets and everything else going on. Uh, so I swapped over to Will Zell Torres, top 10. He's plus 240. Um, not the craziest wild pick of all time, but again, nice little chunk of change that you'll win if he gets inside the top 10, which I think is reasonable, very reasonable personally. Uh, my other one is a little bit more of an outlier, but it's Christian Bisweidenhout, top 20 at plus 360. Uh, I'm slightly heavy on him this week between having him in both lineups and having him as wild pick. So uh, here's the hope, and he kind of does what Zach Johnson did for me last week. But Yeah, 100%. And I, I also just want to make it known once again, Top 40 bets aren't available. Parlay bets are not available. So we're stuck with nationality tournament, not matchups, tournament groups, which are between three and six people yeah. and top 20, 10 and five. So please check out extra bets tomorrow and Wednesday on socials because we are almost 30 units up in the last month. All right. Winner's picks. Yeah. So Colin Morikawa, open Ooh. champion, not necessarily the most talked about player this week, but I think those are the weeks he actually shines. I really wanted to go Scotty. I wanted to go Rom. I've saved them all. All the big names I have saved. Um, I think this is a week that he's flying under the radar. He's not all the pressure's not on him. It's on Rom, Scotty, and Rory battling for the world number one. Morikawa comes in that putter, gets hot. His irons are going to put him in contention. 
So if his putter is fine, I, I envision him doing well. And then I did Keegan Bradley. Um, it's a little bit of a riskier pick because anytime I have a lot of a certain player, they just seem to doom me. Um, but Keegan Bradley is another guy that I, I, I just can't get my eye off him. So I know originally we wanted him just to finish around 20th or 30th, but I think he can sneak out under the radar and get top 10. Oh, that's, that'd be, that'd be a nice winner's pick, especially if you're using Keegan in a one and done. I mean, if you get him top 10 in a field like this, you're static. Uh, for my winner's picks, I'm, I'm kind of going with two guys that I don't really have a ton else of, but I, I do like them in this style of play. Um, and again, in a course like this, give me Victor Hovland and give me Terrell Hatton. I'm here for it this week. I think they're both going to kind of play well. They both got good course history here. Um, again, they'll both play well in the wind. So I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. Are you regretting using your ROM pick the week he had his worst week at seventh? Yeah, it's kind of funny now that I laugh that laugh looking back at it because I picked Rom the week he finished seventh, and I was like, oh, this is great. At least he finished seventh, and it ended up being his worst week out of less what seven weeks he's had so if you had rom available to use would you use him this week i almost went rory hmm. i was like i was i was about 50 percent in i was like do i go like do i go crazy and do i go like rory and wills al torres this week i had scotty in for a minute and i was like "Ooh, this is ballsy if i go rory and willie and i was like no i gotta be a little patient like i'm gonna probably save rory for a little bit and then i thought about going sung jay but I'm already saving Sanjay for the Masters. That's not a, that's not a PGA Tour event, though. I know. But, yeah. But I, I also do feel like I could save Sanjay for a later later tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, I just I, I'm sure there's gonna be some sort of a weak field where I'm like, you know what, this is Sung, like Sanjay is just gonna stop everybody in this field. So that's the that's that's the mindset at least. That's it's what the I'm hard part to about one and done. That's it's the hard part about running something like this because you know there's gonna be a handful or a percentage of people that are listening to us going, what are you doing putting Keegan Bradley when there's Rom, Scotty and Rory? That's yeah. the downside of one and done. Once you use a name, they're gone or in the future, you might want to save them for an event. So, you know, KH Lee, you might save him for John Deere classic, or you might yeah. save him for, you know, something like that. So um, it's, it's a shame. And a lot of these golf riders, no disrespect to them. It's a lot easier to write. John Rom is the favorite. He's finished. You know, it's it's difficult. So the amount of stuff I read online where like every third week right now, everyone's like, yeah, Max Homa is going to win. I'm like, you guys have bet Max Homa. Like if you guys were betting, betting, you guys would have bet Max Homa now like 15 times. And like, yeah, you would have won for you once. But like. If, and if I, you listen to this podcast where, where someone I might might name maybe named Jack picked Max Homa for their winner's pick. You did. And then Max Homa. ended up winning. You well, won. Yes, but I'm. I'm just saying. Like, if I if I could afford to pick Rom every week, I think you and I would both do it. But we're trying to we're trying yeah. to sw switch it up and give everybody well, a little bit of the reason variety. why we did it this week is because last year I was like, hey, listen, winners are going to be the favorites at like sixty percent of the time, yeah. and I think we had like seven winners between the two of us in like twenty six events that we did. Yeah. So that's almost a twenty five percent hit rate. So yeah, no, I it, it ended up kind of being crazy. We were we were really kind of peaking on all cylinders with winners picks. So this is kind of a handicap for us. I, that's what I'm going to call it. This is our this is our crutch. So that way we don't pick, you know, another twenty winners this week. Yeah. So. All, All right, right well, Palmer Invitational. This is going to be awesome. Elevated field. Um, there's also the Puerto Rican or excuse me, Puerto Rico Open going on. 
field is really watered down. There's no odds up besides winners. Um, and then I think like round just one leader. Just better actually about you at, at Puerto Rico. That's all I need to know. Do it. But a lot of these guys are fighting for calibers such as major qualification yeah. or certain placement points. So if you're looking for something to watch on the side, especially at a different time for these different events, go do that. But API is where you should be. Yeah, no, that's the way to do it. Uh, let's go off, everybody. Let's have a good one this week. Let's win some money, and we'll see you next week. Deuces.